He who fights monsters should look to it that he himself does not become a monster. I am on the unfettered pursuit of truth. I'm Kayla Perry, and this is Honestly Unorthodox. Welcome back to this week's Honestly Unorthodox. Dylan and I will carry on from our last conversation, where today we want to focus primarily on the movement, the, I guess, cognitive movement, and the nutrition aspect of what it means to be a human in America, particularly. And I'm going to bring up some tribal Africans that are still left. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I thought it, I found it interesting that you got a lot of feedback um, because we started talking about the feet. Mm-hmm. And that still is astonishing to me. They, from the emails that you shared with me, they found it fascinating. Um, Why was it astonishing? I guess because I've been in the field for so long. You're... To me, that's just like basic. Mm-hmm. You know, that's very stuck. Um, but I did want to bring up, uh, since you started sharing this news with me, mm-hmm. you see what I have here in my hand? Yes. And obviously we're not on camera, but yeah. Dylan so has a, this. Dylan is holding a lacrosse ball. Ooh. If you guys are unfamiliar with the texture of a lacrosse ball, it is basically, uh, it's, a it's small, like cement. Yeah. It's like a smaller <laughs> version of a soft, uh, baseball. It's slightly, the, I would the... say it's a little smaller than a tennis ball and it's harder than a baseball. It's like a perfect sphere of a rock. Yeah. I mean, basically. they use this for lacrosse. Yeah. So this, this thing yeah. has to be pretty durable. Right. But Dylan question. We don't play lacrosse. Why on earth do we have seven lacrosse balls scattered throughout our house? Well, since everyone is very, well, a lot of people are interested in feet, Mm -hmm. do this. Take this lacrosse ball. Everyone go out and buy six by 12, not a six by 12, but six or 12. Uh, Put them in every room, in your office, in the bathroom, in the kitchen. And you know what? Just try something. Stand on it. Mm. Put it in the middle of your foot, the plantar fascia, and just see what happens. Disclaimer, this is going to be painful as all hell. You might, how did you phrase it? You're going to see. Well, you might see your ancestors, (laughs) your dead ancestors, your tears of your own eyes when you experience this pain. But we can shove this ball anywhere. You can put it in your ass, not not up it, right. but through but a in your butt, in your hip flexor. That's a whole separate shoulder. podcast episode, Dylan. That's probably, butt stuff. yeah, that's that's a different podcast. That's I mean, I, different, I think that's a different site. I think actually. that's a different yeah. part of the state, actually. <laughs> you, yeah, maybe down. I, nope, I'll just leave nope, it at that. Okay, yep. yep. Yeah, no, but you can put a lacrosse ball anywhere for myofascial release, which is something else that I want to get into. Mm-hmm. ART. Okay, tell us, first of all, Explain myofascial release before oh, we get into anything like else. Deep tissue. Think about when you go for a massage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody wants to relax, like, oh yes, I'm in Vegas and I just want to like a spa mm-hmm. uh massage. Uh, but releasing myofascia, so just getting into the like a deep tissue mas- massage, mm-hmm. that is something completely different. Yes. 
And that is something. Now, Dylan, I'm going to play dumb for a sec here. Is it? Uh... <laughs> it's hard for you to tell the difference. huh? <laughs> There's a couple things I want to bring up. Yep. One, the myofacial release. Now, when when we think of massage, I think most people think it's relaxing. They, put you to sleep. they might push you to sleep. They might dig a little bit, but it's not to the point that it's uncomfortable. It's more like. Oh, like relieving yeah. myofascial release is breaking just, up scar tissue. It is tough. It's breaking up scar tissue. Me and it's... Dylan have both had this done for years. We haven't yeah. really had to go in a while because we, we know how to do it on ourselves. But With when this. we went to uh, Dr. Carl Natoli, oh, we're hoping to have him as a guest, yeah. man, he used, you His wouldn't believe thumb. How their thumbs are like steel. People that specialize in myofacial release. Yeah. He would get in. We talked about upstream, downstream. So my knee for years. Yeah. That freaking steel thumb and the literal metal plate that he used to scrape into yes. my shin. Yes. Holy yes. mother of God. But you know what? That's a tibialis anterior. It was absolutely fantastic. Ding, ding, ding. ding. Look it up. So while we're on the topic and because i want to still stay in the realm of helping lots of different kinds of people a lot of clients that we work with are in poor health they are often fixed in positions throughout the day that contribute to muscle stiffness cramping weakness instability i would love to see something like this available to people with disabilities and mental illness, I imagine that if this pain is incredibly almost intolerable for the typical person, do you think there is ever a way to get this sort of practice out to people with disabilities? 100%. I just do not know how to um, get into what's making these particular individuals uncomfortable so maybe they are in pain maybe they have foot pain maybe they have hip pain maybe their shoulder hurts but some of them might not be able to say like holy mm. shit my back hurts yeah and then they just start swinging at you um or i mean i don't know and we've and we have both especially i have a my family whole family has a long history of back pain we I can't, I mean, Jesus, you have seen me in tears. You've had to help me put my pants and my shoes on because of how excruciating my episodes with my back have been over the years. And I'm able to talk. I'm able to talk and tell you and explain how I'm right. in pain. I can't imagine not being able to speak or maybe even understand what words and language she used to communicate with people. That must be absolutely terrible. It it must be extremely frustrating as well. Not only is there pain, but um, these individuals can't even tell you. They lack the language right. to be able to express exactly. that. And I'm going to tell you, Kayla, mm -hmm. and anyone that's listening, if anyone has lower back pain, it is probably an L4 or an L5 spine. So... To people that don't understand what L4, L5 means, can you give us a little recap? That's your lower back. So the so vertebrae. Lumbar, the right. vertebrae so in your lumbar yeah, spine. Yes. Okay. Cole, thoracic, and then lumbar. Um, mm -hmm. But lower back pain usually comes from the L4, L5 disc. Um, and it's 
typically the fiber cartilage that's in between those. And mm -hmm. sometimes it goes, you know, bone to bone. Uh, but yeah, there's ways to strengthen. Oh, you are telling yes. me to. No, no, no. I'm not telling no, you to run stop with talking. It, run with it. Run with it. I, after last week's episode where we talked about the feet and I'm going to give, we're going to do our little foot yoga in a second here for people that are interested. I got a bunch of texts and emails, not only about the enthusiasm with the feet, but a ton of people saying, my God, Kayla, I, that was a really good point that Dylan brought up. I have had back issues for a decade. So Dylan, I guess my question might be, I have a two, this is a two pronged question related to back pain. Just give me one at a time, please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm a male. I just do one thing. Yeah, men, you guys aren't good at multitasking, oh, okay. right? Okay. <laughs> I want to focus. Unlike, never mind. The blood flow could only go to one head, so let's stick with the yeah, one of your shoulders. Yeah, there's blood to control two head. Okay. Robin Williams. Wow, between the butt stuff and the ball in the ass and, and the, the head stuff, our, we're, we're on a roll. We're only, ass. what, yeah, 10 minutes yeah, in? Okay, amazing. calm down. <laughs> My first question is this. Okay. Doctors will often tell patients, mm -hmm. your back hurts, stop deadlifting, stop squatting, rest, ice, elevate. What is incorrect? What is correct? What is everything that you just told me, if a doctor said that to you, is completely incorrect in my professional opinion, because all of those are functional. Mm -hmm. You need to walk. Um, you might have to run. You're going to have to bend over and pick something up. That's your typical deadlift. Um, and wow, if you had to pick something up off the floor and put it on a shelf, there you go. That is a clean and press. That's an Olympic lift. Um, realizing the, um, the center of your body, keeping things close to your body will probably alleviate injury. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can teach that you can couple. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I got no, you off. I do. You know, so, you're used to that. We, I'm a woman after all. Ugh. I'm a woman after all. Sorry, I, I had to run into the kitchen to take our homemade granola out of the oven. Um, okay. <laughs> so we we see on some heavier boxes, like if we're moving, I used to see it even on bigger boxes of furniture that would come here. They show a little diagram essentially outlining this lift. is how to lift a box you lift oh. with your legs. That's very true. That is a deadlift. You lift with your legs, not your back. But we still see plenty of people, uh, especially those maybe in like middle age and beyond that sneeze and throw their back out or they're making their bed and they feel like a bulge in their back. They sleep maybe the wrong way and suddenly they, they can hardly walk. What are some preventative measures that we might take in both education and in practice? So... You said that the the information that doctors use was completely incorrect. I, not all doctors. You just gave a the one that statement, which is very commonly spewed. <laughs> doctors guess, are not. Yes. They know almost next. They know next to nothing about exercise and nutrition. Wow. Okay. Here we go again. I couldn't awesome. tell. It. No. No. I I think it's awesome. I but couldn't yes, tell you. I would not go to an MD. Oh um, no. No. Or a cardiologist. Um on how to get stronger mm -hmm. they don't well, know no i'm just in general right so there is a a certain path mm -hmm. a certain idea 
we need to stay strong. You yes. need to load your body. It is your body armor. Yes. Yes. That's a primal method. Look at did not get this far with sitting, you know, on a couch watching TV on our fucking phones. Yes. Uh text you know. neck. It's what Kelly Starrett calls it, text neck, but yeah. we'll get to Kelly in a sec. Or what 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 does he call it? Or someone called it um a uh desk jockey. Instead oh, of a cool. jockey, that's yeah, that's yeah, 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 so yeah. You your desk all day for yes. eight hours, twelve hours, and all you do is sit and type. Which sounds like what you wrote on your post-it here. Habit of position. Yes. Tell me more. I don't know. I just came up with it. <laughs> It's Actually, kind of amazing. I love it. Is kind of amazing. <laughs> Having a position, like so, if you sit, you know, at home, or if you yeah. sit at your desk, mm -hmm. you know, for hours on end um, throughout the week. Think about how many times. Okay, well, depending on your um, your career. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'll just use my family as an example. Um, my dad and my brother are both lawyers. My um, uncle uh, was, Jesus, uh, assistant vice uh, chancellor at- President, I thought, right? Well, no, that was at the University of Tennessee, but as assistant oh. vice chancellor at uh, University of California. Um, He's smart as fuck, yeah, what John is trying to yes, say. Exactly. So they sit and they're on their computer yes. um, all day. So think about all of those hours being punched over mm. computer. Oof. Uh, yeah, and it's a habit. So when you sit, when you're eating, when you're having a uh, family dinner, you probably are hunched over. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's a habit of position. Mm -hmm. I like that. You know what? Maybe we should trademark that shit. I do too. I love that. And it makes a lot of sense do because steal what we find is, and I find this with myself, how many times have you told me, Kayla, you're like internally rotating and hunching your shoulders? I don't even feel it. And so when I actually sit upright the way I'm supposed to for a long time, I actually felt very, I felt like you look. If what do they put on stickers? They say like uh, like tits out is basically what they tell well, women. It's not in spring just break. tits out because it's not you know it's not like sticking your chest because you're not banana back like yeah you know constricting your abdomen, squeezing yes. your the your your belly button, pull, trying to pull it into your lower yeah. back. Um, yeah, you kind of look prude. Yeah. Basically, yeah. but that's the proper. But you position. also look yeah. normal. That's the thing is it, it will feel straight, weirder. That's a static position. That's why answer, yes. we were talking about in the education systems yeah. because they're not willing to spend money on anything useful. How great would it be as a stepping stone to something better? Hey, instead of allowing kids, especially elementary age kids, to sit there melting in their chair all day long, get stools. Get stools so that they they have to sit up straight. They're they have to stabilize their own trunk and be able to sit with their knees at that ninety degree angle. And you're more able to teach these these better habits of position than hunched over trying to sneak a phone in your pocket and sitting in a desk all day. Same well, problem. You, I mean, I just wrote this down, and all this is just. Wow, this is like kind of reverse peristalsis right now. This um, is fantastic. Be the fucking stone. Be that strong where, okay, you know what? I'm going to get into like on my hands and knees and I'm not going to let my back collapse. So, you know, you can sustain weight if somebody has to stand on top of you. 
Mm -hmm. and create that pyramid. Be the foundation. Yes. You and me have been the foundation for my mom and dad. My mom is well, on... My mom and my dad, too. And your guy, yeah, exactly. If they were here, I'm sure we would be of assistance far more often here in Illinois. They probably would. My... They... Yeah, they probably... They're boomers. They, yeah. they wouldn't care. Well, my parents <laughs> are boomers, too. Well, yeah. So they grew up believing that... Not only that they knew everything, but that exercise was something that people did to look good. They wanted to look good naked. That's what you do in fitness shows. That's what Miss yeah. Miss USA pageantry, you know, bikini models do. It was something that people only did for aesthetic reasons. Right. And I'm finding, well, not recently. My parents are older. They're in their 70s. My mom is on her yes, sixth. Mine. Her yeah. mom is on her mom. See, now I'm getting confused. My mom is yeah. on her sixth or seventh concussion. Because, because she she falls so frequently, she based off of balance. She has very poor balance. She has I've never seen her exercise in my thirty one years of being alive. Other than shopping, <laughs> other than compulsively shopping and getting bags for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. and her nutrition, holy mother of God! I don't think Pepsi. I've seen. I've never seen nutrition so poor. It's Pepsi. It's cookies. It's chocolate. Uh, it's, and you know, along with the falling, she doesn't, not only does she not have the strength to kind of extend her arms and catch herself, but when she's down, she has to call me and Dylan to come literally lift her off the floor because my dad, my dad also can't lift her up because he's frail. So my dad is naturally lean and lanky, but he's, he's weak. So a few years ago, he said, you know what, Kayla, I want you and Dills to help me with like can you get me can you bring a barbell and a dumbbell to the house and can i have one of your rowers and we said yes absolutely and for a while he stuck with it and he said that he felt a lot better but in the last couple of years he's just kind of fallen off and it's just been very hard for my mom and dad to move and that's something we're being functionally fit yeah. fit for life you and me have hooked our arms under my mom's armpits and legitimately straight up sumo deadlifted her off the floor. I would not even say it's a sumo deadlift. Then what was say, it? It was um, a pill. It was like a pill squat carry <laughs> lift. I would say it was a stiff legged uh, deadlift. Uh, yeah. You know, or an RDL. And thank, and you know what? Yeah. Thank God. Thank God you and me have the strength to be able to do that. Because what I was thinking is my mom and dad have the skills to dial my number, say, Kayla, we can't get up. You need yeah. to help mom. Da, da, da. Imagine. So these are now we're getting into people that I work with that are in their 40s, 50s, 60s. What if they fall in the middle of the night at a group home? Those places are often understaffed. How are they going to be able to live? The people you work with, those guys are giants. Yeah. How would anybody be able to lift them up? I really think about that, and I'm not sure the field thinks beyond year five. I don't think humanity thinks beyond that. And how awful is that? It is terrible. I mean, the first personal training certification um, that I got, the first one mm -hmm. from ISSA, um, Dr. Squat, I'll just leave it at that. So I don't know if he was the first guy to squat a, a thousand pounds, mm -hmm. but he said, we are training 
for ballistic force in the future. So, you know, yeah, you're 22, you want to look good. Okay. Mm-hmm. But when you're 80 and you fall down and you break your hip, mm. then you don't die from that. Yeah. And people die from yep. a broken hip because mm-hmm. they don't have that. Um, I guess they didn't. This is going to sound weird. Um, the weight training, the load on their bones. You don't need calcium. You don't need milk. You need the, you need weights. Yes. You need that. And you need the, strength. You need right. skeletal mass. You need one bone density. Yeah. Two, like muscular skeletal mass. That literally is a muscular set of armor. Yeah. I mean, it is it. the most protective force that you could have. Run. There was, stand I, up. I Sorry. forget. No, no, no. I forget. There was. There was one woman, I want to say it was Miranda Aldroyd. She, she was, uh, um, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say she was at my first CrossFit. Yes. Yeah. So she, she was one of the big coaches. in the CrossFit yeah. world. She is insanely muscular. Wow. I think she, she literally, to, like bodybuilding. Yes. She literally yeah, looks so like she, a Greek god with well, the she's muscle. A gymnast. And so yeah. she got into a car accident, a real, she got T-boned by someone going, I think like almost 60 miles an hour. And she actually broke her neck and she had no idea she broke her neck until a week later when she finally went in for an x-ray and the doctors told her the only reason that you weren't paralyzed was because of all of that muscle in your traps that kind of protected your neck against the force. That is, if that's not a reason to to lift heavy and take care of your body, what the hell is? Well, I'm just not going to go down that route, but even the metabolic conditioning, like CrossFit calls it Metcons, mm-hmm. uh, James Fitzgerald, my God, I hope we can get him on. Uh, he calls it energy system training. Can I use my own example? You know that I had open heart surgery in 2015, and the reason mm-hmm. why I'm not dead is because of the training that I did, lifting and like getting my heart rate like through the roof. Tell us sure. more about that. So, you you found out. So how did you know you had endocarditis? Yeah. Okay. And when they explained to you that you need open heart surgery, or I guess you know what? Let me rewind. How did they find out you had endocarditis? All right. So this was, um, I'll try to condense this real quick. This was kind of end, uh, end of January, beginning of February, 2015. And I just had like a low grade fever. Um, you know, not like fever where I need to stay home. I was still running in my gym, but just like, yeah, yeah, I don't feel right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just kept taking Advil, you know, a lot of people were sick during that time. Um, and, uh, so I just kind of went with the flow and then I went for, um, to get my teeth cleaned. Mm-hmm. Um, and two days after I had that done, shit, if my fever went from 99.1 to like 103.5 mm-hmm. with night sweats. Um, and that's disgusting. Which is I'm not normal. No, it's not normal. Um, so my doctor suggested to me, like, you need to go to the ER and admit yourself. Mm-hmm. And I had my backpack and oh. then, yeah, no, I was pissed because, you know, I walked up to the, uh, whoever is 
you know the receptionist and whatever the miserable people that are at the front desk yeah i'm here to check myself in you know kind of sound like rehab but like no i gotta admit myself to you know to the er um and they ran a bunch of tests and what they found in a nutshell was that my aortic valve was completely wide open so this disease this uh actually it's a strep um bacteria that ate away at my um my valve so it was completely open and doctors were astonished that i wasn't dead yeah so what what did they say kept you alive do they imagine my conditioning your conditioning so this is interesting peter atia the last year or so has been talking about yes muscle is essential good nutrition is essential exercise in general and movement is that's what we're built to do he believes that vo2 max is the key to longevity do you think that that's legitimate based on what you experience well apparently um but we're our own special snowflake so nobody gets a pass i was very lucky Mm -hmm. um i had no idea what was going on but uh they were every doc every cardiologist that came in to see me and you know obviously when i was in the hospital for four days before my surgery they were like wow i can't believe your heart has not enlarged yeah and dilate um but based off of my exercise routine um you could actually say vo2 max um yeah it saved just, your life just yeah it, it saved my life not to mention dylan was literally doing step-ups and While, shit all my shit in not yeah, middle room and yeah what well, this was really yeah. this was very interesting was a lot of other patients one dylan was the youngest <laughs> Pretty much was, yeah, open was, heart yeah, patient. Yeah. yeah. So and, like, the hell are you doing on this floor? Yeah. yeah it was, it was just sad. Surgery. No. And true. the the part that was interesting that Dylan was talking about, um, not long after his surgery was done, which was what, like a twelve hour procedure? I don't remember. I don't know. You were literally dead. Okay. Yeah, I was dead. Yeah, you I were, actually died. Yeah. You know um, what? That's a different story. That that's Nothing a whole separate when you die. Well, to ish. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> There were people that for what was it like days, even weeks, they weren't even walking and you were going up and down the stairs. Well, no. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I got charged 800 bucks for physical therapy and the lady came in and said like, okay, we're going to, you know, you need to come, you come over here and we're going to go up the stairs. And so I walked up the stairs, like, I can't believe you're able to walk up the stairs. And I said, yeah, yeah. Nobody can do that after surgery. I'm like, it's stairs. What, you have no one that's actually walked stairs? And if, in that, life? if that's what she believes to be true, what the hell does that say about our medical system? How they, terrible is that? They don't know shit. They don't know shit. <laughs> exactly. They, they know very little. So while we're on the topic of moving and recovering, yeah. any surgery, you should be up and moving within certain safety obviously safety parameters drugs were off you should be moving yes yes they're resting and staying still is the worst thing not even for surgery but for injuries that is the worst thing that you could do for any injury watch sopranos back to back or yellowstone you should not be sitting well you could still do those things while you're standing and sitting which is what we're getting into thank you alley baby high five (laughs) that was spectacular There is something called a binding strategy, 
that we use in cognitive behavioral therapy. Very cool techniques. It basically is harnessing the coolness and the uh, the uniqueness of straight up human behavior science. There are a couple different kinds of binding strategies. The one that I'm going to talk about today is called a physical binding strategy, which simply means you are changing the physical proximity or distance or some kind of physical barrier depending on the target behavior. So for this example, we're talking about increasing our movement. We're encouraging movement. We're trying to get people to move more. This is especially useful to start with children from a young age. It doesn't matter the disability or the challenge. This is for everybody. I'm going to give one example of how I did this in my departure from the cesspool that is Instagram. <laughs> I'm still off of Instagram for business reasons. Um, not that I've ever made any money off of social media, but I imagine that going back onto it at some point may be useful for the mere fact that I've connected with a lot of you through social media. What I will do is I'm going to keep the app off of my phone. And I told myself that it's only available to be on my computer. And when I'm going on social media, I have to be standing or walking while I am using it. So this is an example of a physical and a time-based strategy. So there's, it's kind of a contingency in behavior analytic language, basically saying you can only use social media if you follow these four to five guidelines. My guidelines are, it is available on the computer only. So there's no more ease and convenience of having it right on my phone. There's no more temptation there at red lights and just random moments. I have to be standing and, uh, and or walking while I'm using it on my computer because we all know how easy it is to melt into your couch when you're scrolling on social media. And um, I'm only using it during certain time periods. So I'm cutting myself off from use after 15 minutes per day. Go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, I like, I love that idea. Um, but I would suggest that when we talk about standing, you know, on social media, standing, you know, through the commercials, if you are watching regular TV, Mm -hmm. I know that sounds weird, mm -hmm. um, but don't shift your weight. Your feet underneath your shoulders don't lean to the left, don't lean to the right. You basically are like a wall. Mm -hmm. and we can Harder than to... one might think. Right, exactly. Um, in the book, The Power of Habit, which frankly I think should be the book that is used in master's programs for behavior analysis instead of Cooper, and I will get into why at another time. But for now, what I will say is this, and this relates to what we were talking about with recovery from injury and surgery. Using the using a very basic understanding of human behavior and these very basic principles that anybody could use. Please do not feel like you only can trust an RBT or a behavior analyst. These should be available or to everybody or a doctor. If these were explained in school from a young age imagine how different our world would be anyway i digress in the book the power of habit they looked at patients that were recovering from hip replacements and knee replacements extremely painful surgeries and they found that in the control group 
the patients would often skip physical therapy entirely because it is very painful. And it was something that they just felt like they couldn't do. And they also found that they became very sedentary at home because something like getting up from their chair was so painful that they would immediately sit back down. With the experimental group, they told them on a piece of paper to write out the barriers um, to staying up and moving. What everyone said was that first those first two steps are so painful. I'm going to start making a little marker with masking tape on the floor five feet away from my couch. If I could get to that marker, I will be good. If I could get past those first three painful steps, all I have to do is look at that red tape. That's all I have to do. The experimental group progressed at double the rate of the first group with something as simple as a piece of tape, a visual cue, that's so cool. Why are we like gatekeeping this information and acting like this stuff is only available to autistic people? I mean, these strategies you could use are fantastic. I mean, think about it like this. My one of my clients who will call Judd, he has a tendency to wake up, take his meds and then immediately crawl back into bed and sleep until like 3 p.m. Something we had him do. <laughs> yeah. Firstly, what I had him do was, okay, you are going to put an actual alarm clock in your bedroom or a vintage alarm clock. Absolutely no technology. Why, Kayla? Well, he loves to go on Facebook when he's in his bed until he falls asleep. So making the bedroom a place for sleeping, not for entertainment on the phone. Two, I said, when you get up and take your meds, I want you to go into the kitchen kind of pace back and forth three to five times. And I want you to stand while you are brewing your coffee. When you are standing brewing your coffee, I want you to call me and we are going to talk for five to 10 minutes. So now I'm pairing awakeness and moving with something that he really enjoys, which is me. In two weeks, he was up on his own. At 7.30 in the morning, he started working out on his own with, I never told him to do that. We only talked about, you know, the the positive power of exercise and how that regulates dopamine, serotonin. I mean, when you just give people a little push and a little cue, people tend to see small changes and then kind of take it and run with it. We're all different. And what you just described is, well, I'm actually kind of patting myself on the back pat, pat. Uh, lying in bed being on social media you know texting scrolling whatever it's called bed rotting oh i love that yeah that's gen z so that's all they do essentially yeah um yeah i don't need to go anywhere i can do everything from my fingertips it yeah I, yeah I can lie down mm-hmm. um yeah, I am in total agreement with everything that that you said, and understand everything you said. Um, mm-hmm. Even comparing your your clients or your experience. So, where do we go from here? In general, well, I think this is a wonderful um, little tip off to what I wanted to discuss, which was how we are living out the plot of Wally. <laughs> Eva. Eva. and bed rotting is a that literally 
encompasses all of Wally. Wally. I mean, 100%. the whole plot of Wally for the few who I'm assuming maybe haven't even heard of it. If you have, if you haven't heard of it, I'm afraid for you. <laughs> it's cute. Um, it's cute. Yeah. It's adorable. The whole movie is about a little robot that finds planet Earth. You know what is it? Centuries. He's he's tasked with going to Earth to clean up all the waste. He's left on Earth centuries yeah. later. Um, and the reason why it's just this garbage strewn wasteland is because humans, aka Americans, <laughs> have no. polluted the earth. They have destroyed the soil. They've become so obsessed with technology and corporate greed and money and consuming things that they are now called the fitless humans in the movie. And they're just floating on these little lazy river like um you know water tubes and they're just all portrayed as being morbidly obese blobs yeah pretty much who don't they yeah they don't move one guy falls out of his tube and he's flopping around literally like a turtle on its back and then four robots immediately come to to pick him up and hoist him back onto his his, tube so that he could go back to what appears to be like a little ipad virtual thing and it reminds me very much of where our where our country is now we were no longer in hunter-gatherer tribes there's only one of a few hunter-gatherer tribes called the hadzabi that live in tanzania and they still hunt their food with bows and arrows Wow, you're getting into nutrition again. I know, and that's why I'm very excited. So let's just keep it simple. Okay, well, I was um, reading a book called Spark, which is fantastic. It looks at the cognitive effects of exercise. And one of the statistics in there, it's not surprising, but it is a little bit jarring nonetheless, is humans now, we are expending less than a third of what our hunter-gatherer ancestors expended in a day because they would walk four to eight miles a day just to eat. We, I mean, we could get shelled pistachios. We don't even have to open our own nuts. They could be delivered to our door. There's, There's no work required for anything we do anymore. You just... I mean, um, I thought about something mm-hmm. when people say, well, I gotta go to work. And me being at the, the sarcastic part of me comes out, work is actually measured and it's force times distance. So how many people actually go to work? Or do they go to, go to sit? A job with, or do they go to a job, go to a job that they so. fucking hate? Yeah, well, that's most of us, I would well, think. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, yeah. you know, work is measured. And it can be measured. So I, I've i been reading a lot recently about tribal and ancestral behavior and how different and how far we've come because of technology and things like that. And I actually really want your take on this, Dylan. It has been proposed that the Industrial Revolution, so farming and it's making... And making... <laughs> business <laughs> ethics and making we are basically dumber having to lose yeah no 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 this is not gonna make you maybe it will make no, you dumber i don't know maybe the movie. maybe the last 52 episodes have just completely canceled out any growth of knowledge Sweet. i know dylan always actually should okay, we say so. that okay 
I think that uh, farming with tractors, any sort of seated version, any sort of seated mechanism for gathering food and mass producing food, it has been theorized that that is the main reason why, obviously not only why our food is more disgustingly processed than ever, but why we are more sedentary than ever, because we now have machines and technology doing all the work that we used to do by hand. No, I agree. So this being said, living in modern day, what are some ways that we could leave people to accumulate more movement throughout their day? We need like a, a, a movement diet. We hear a lot, park farther away, take the stairs. Those might be ways to increase some steps, especially if it's stairs, that's positive. But I, I think parking further away it doesn't have a much of, I feel like it's not a potent enough of a stimulus to really add up to much of anything. But what do you think? I think it depends on the individual. Yeah, um, that's true. Go with the flow. So if someone doesn't care mm -hmm. and they might drive around up and down the, you know, um, you know, the parking lot looking for the first spot to park, they might spend a minute Think about that. Think about if you saw someone just like, oh, well, there's a spot right here. Like, no, I want to just go. And I've seen this. Like, mm -hmm. they literally, you know, take two minutes to find that first parking spot. Mm -hmm. And by that time, I have parked 15 spaces down, gone into the store and bought, you know, whatever I needed to get. Yeah. Before they found their own fucking yeah. parking space. Farmer like, carry that shit out this? to your own car. Yeah. So small little strategies. We we've talked frequently about going for a walk 30 minutes a day, three times a week. This is separate from when you are yeah. standing and walking around at work. We don't count that as movement. That's just something that we should be already be doing, should be a baseline to be on our feet and moving. We're built to move. So right. three days, 30 minutes of walking. That's important. Yep. Um, what other ways? Did you have anything you wanted to add related to the lacrosse ball to... Well, I mean, lacrosse ball using it as a mild facial release so let's just start with the feet because apparently that's been popular Hot topic yeah foot fetish you yeah. dogs yeah <laughs> stand on it not even stand but just put it Oof. i'm doing it right now all right describe okay describe to everyone what i'm doing okay so dylan is sitting down his knees are at a 90 degree angle he's, he's at yeah. the edge of a couch so what all is in the middle of my foot middle of your foot underneath and so it's kind of like where the arch of your foot is and dylan is just moving his foot up and down so that ball is digging into his the bottom of his foot basically from the balls of his feet all the way to the heel the plantar fascia on your foot, if you, the muscle kind of looks like this three, like a, a like three-pronged prong. fork. Yeah. So it's like a, what's that thing called? A trident? All right. So if you do, well, I mean, if you do. The number um, three. No, hold up three no, fingers. This is not the number three. This is three in sign language. Okay. So we're do, not talking about sign language. Well, your audience might know sign like the, the letter W. Hold up three fingers. How about that? That's W in sign language. 
all right, what's what it is. This is three. This is W. That's mm -hmm. what you're. Okay. Uh, anyway. So, yes, I am pushing my weight in the middle of my foot. And it hurts bad. <laughs> and it hurts bad. And I'm not even like standing. Okay. So how, how long should people do this? Is this for reps for time? Are we going for a feeling? Um, well, if it hurts, I would say hang out there. Um, Kelly start says like, you know what? You don't even have to move. Just put pressure. Yeah. And stand on that. You're going to experience the pain and you are stimulating the central nervous system, which is what we actually need to do on a regular basis. Yes. For rehab, essentially, in any injury. Yes. But oh, this is painful. This it is, is supposed to be painful. Oh. Um, there, there simply is no way around it. Myofascial release. I mean, you are digging a hard oh. ball or a thumb into the muscle. Internal scar. Basically. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's Scar gonna hurt. Tissue, I'm sure. Oh, it's, it's gonna hurt, it's, but it's not. We don't do it just because it hurts. We you, do it because it. it releases the tension and the they call it like the folding in your muscle. Your muscle is supposed to be smooth. So if you think about your shirt when you roll up your sleeves, the bunching of your the cloth of your sleeve, when you dig that ball into there, it will completely smooth out that sleeve. We want that that muscle to be as smooth as the sleeve metaphor. Yeah. And so, since the the foot um, aspect came up in our last couple of podcasts, mm -hmm. um, everyone knows what it's to, uh, what it's like to be tight or not flexible. Mm -hmm. um, what I'm doing right now, pushing down. I mean, your muscles just they just get tight, and what you need to do is elongate that. Um, think about yoga, think about, um, what that does, stretching, holding, it fucking sucks to just get yes. a position and we're like, oh, I can't touch my toes, but if you hold it long enough, you might be able to get down a little bit lower, um, and do that over and over and over and over again. Yes. And it's not comfortable at all. Mm -hmm. but, oh. All right. So. Uh, as we bid our audience, our foot-loving audience, adieu, what challenges, if any, do we have for everyone before we head out? Um, what are we basing it off of? The, you had a challenge, I think, for the Apple Watch, right? Take your, if you have an Apple Watch or a whatever that, you know, if you have a phone that's connected to your watch, take the watch off for a day. Don't even look at it. Um, if you need to know what time it is, look for a clock. Or what was the joke I was telling you? You could ask your wife, wife because there's a there's a clock on the stove. <laughs> Just kidding. Calm down, ladies. That, 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 that. That's something uh, called. But a yeah, joke. no. Just wear a regular watch. Just, you know, it's like, you know, like, that's an issue. Can, my wait, company, I have a, like, I have a ahead, question. Can women wear watches? I don't know. Can they? <laughs> I'm not a woman. Can there's they? plenty of time. There's plenty of time to look at be, in the kitchen. Even if you don't know what time it is, how beautiful is that? You actually lost track of time. 
Yeah, that is fantastic. How many people do that anymore? I don't know what time it is. With with Google calendars and everything notifying you of everything like, all the time, and then I don't, I don't have it. Yes, can't find it. It's on your fucking wrist or don't the stove. It. Yeah, or the stove. <laughs> Cook something. <laughs> set, a, set a timer. <laughs> Put the stove timer. We are burning down the patriarchy one Apple Watch at a time. Patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, time is of the essence. All right, guys. On that note, we will let you guys go, guys and ladies, and we will see you all next time. Or hear you all. Ladies, This show was produced by Pretty Easy Podcasts and made possible by listeners like you. If you ever thought of doing your own podcast, please visit prettyeasypodcasts.com.